This is With Intrepid Heart Sermons, sermons by Rev. Adam Moline of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. of Jesus. Amen. Dear Saints, Merry Christmas. You may be seated. Have you ever stopped to consider what St. John is actually writing in our gospel lesson for today? It's kind of hard to follow sometimes, isn't it? Especially as we quickly skim through it or even as we just hear it once. But it is quite a concise and important argument that St. John is making. Have you ever stopped to think about it? I mean, really think about what John means. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. All the words that we read in the Gospel lesson can be summarized with these three, God became man. The infinite, all-powerful, almighty, all-knowing God took on finite human flesh. The God who, in the beginning, created all that we know and see and experience enters that creation in the flesh of a man. It's not just that Jesus appeared to be a man. That he kind of looked like one, but that he wasn't. That he had just materialized in a baby form, but was still, still merely spirit. That's not true. That's the heresy of docetism. Jesus really became man. Really, truly, with real human flesh. And it's not just that God possessed some already existing person with his divine mind and led him about the same way you lead about someone in a computer game or Nintendo. That's the heresy of Apollinarianism. It's wrong. We also must reject Arianism that says... Well, Jesus is a new creation, a new old creation, of course, but he's a little bit lesser than the real God. 
The God who's in Jesus isn't quite the same as God, the real God. That's heresy also. And we have to reject the idea that God took off his creator hat and put on his savior hat. And that's who Jesus is. That's sabellianism, modalism. Also heresy. We have to reject Gnosticism, Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnessism. We have to reject all the isms of every heresy and accept the truth of what John says in this gospel lesson, in this most precious scripture from God. We must confess the truth that the almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-existing God who created this world in the beginning by the power of his word, became a human being with flesh and blood just like you, just like me. We must confess what John says. God became man. We call this idea, this truth of Scripture... The incarnation. It means that God was in, with, and under the flesh of a man. That he became man, is still man, and always will be man in Jesus. We confess it all the time in the words of the Nicene Creed, saying, Jesus was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man. And it's amazing, it's mind-blowing, it's crazy to think, isn't it? That the almighty, all-powerful God, when he became man, placed himself into the hands of a teenage human mother, And her husband. The God who can create things by the power of his word. Calling them into existence. Set aside that glory. To become weak with our human flesh. Jesus, God and man, is frail and fragile. Almighty God, in his incarnate frailty, needs Mary to change his diapers, to nurse him so that he can survive. All-powerful God, Jesus, can become hungry. All-powerful God, Jesus, needs swaddling cloths to keep him warm. Because almighty, powerful God, Jesus, 
can get cold. Almighty, all-powerful God Jesus, whose home is everywhere in his omnipresence, needs a crib to sleep in, a manger, a feed trough, stone lined with hay, because the all-powerful, almighty God, Jesus, becomes sleepy. The all-powerful, almighty, ever-existing God who created this world by the power of his word, became man. Just like you. Just like me. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, just like us, in meekness mild, A frail human being in the merciful care of his loving mother. Have you thought about it yet? Can you understand it? Does it make any sense? Why would God do that? Why would God place himself into the care of humanity? Why would God take on this weak human flesh and blood that is so at risk in this world of accidents, of sickness, of hunger, poverty? Why would the Son of God in human flesh even exist. Can you think of any reason why God would leave behind the perfection of heaven, the glory with angels worshiping and praising him, to live under the authority of our sinful world and its sinful governments, under the authority of a sinful father, And mother, why would God act in such a strange and odd way? Why would God become flesh? For you. That's why. The reason that Jesus became flesh is for you. The reason for his incarnation, his frailty, the reason he has blood pumping through his veins, the reason he's subjugated underneath the things of this world is simple. So that he might die at the hands of of sinful men. God, Jesus, will die. God, Jesus, 
will have nails hammered into his human flesh, his hands and his feet. God, Jesus, will be whipped, bruised, bloodied, and will bleed as he hangs naked from a cross. God, Jesus, the Word made flesh who dwelt among us, will die. And by dying, will pay for all your sin. The Word made flesh dies for the sin of the whole world. Your sin, my sin, everyone's sin paid for by the death of God, the second person of the Holy Trinity, the uncreated, eternal God, allowed his incarnate human flesh to be beaten, whipped, tortured, mocked, nailed to a cross, pierced with a spear, buried in a grave, all for you. For your sin. Yes, your sin. have sinned time and time again. You've done wrong against God, against his word. You've done wrong against the people around you, your neighbors, your friend, your family. You've sinned in your thought, words, and deeds by what you've done and by what you've left undone. You've attempted to hide that sin. To keep it to yourself, out of the view of public. You've lived as if God didn't matter. And you've accused others of doing the very things that you've done. You've been addicted to the things of this world. So much that you've forgotten about the one who created this world. Who called it into existence. Who can make the things that you love appear or disappear by the power of his word. You've loved the things of this world more than the one who gave them to you. You've loved the darkness more than you've loved the light. In fact, you've closed your eyes so that it wouldn't see the light of God. You have sinned. By your sin, you deserve death. But the incarnate Son of God took your punishment. The second person of the Trinity became man. To pay for your sin. The word became flesh. So that it might die. For you.
That's what today is all about. Jesus became man and dwelt among us so that you might have life in his name. Life to the full. Life forever. Life in peace. Life apart from sin. Life apart from illness. Life apart from struggle. Life with God. Life forever. God became man. And that's why the angels sing at the birth of God's Son. Joy to the world! The Lord has come to suffer for sinners like you. Hark! The herald angels sing. God is pleased as man with man to dwell. He comes born in the little town of Bethlehem. Away in a manger he has been laid. Oh, come, let us adore him who will die for our forgiveness, in whom we have life to the full. Gloria in excelsis Deo. His manger becomes our paradise because it is the place where God is present as does this altar become our paradise where we eat and drink the ever-living God-made man. The one who's come to save us. The word that's become flesh to suffer for us, to die for us, so that we might live forever. In the beginning was the Word, John says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He became a man, and in him is life, our life, eternal life, and his light shines in the darkness of our world forevermore even upon us. Praise God for his glorious gifts, for the wonderful things that he's done that are beyond our comprehension and understanding, and yet in which is our salvation. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. This has been With Intrepid Hearts Sermons by Pastor Adam Moline. The words, With Intrepid Hearts, come from the conclusion to the Book of Concord where it is written, By God's grace, with intrepid hearts, we are willing to appear before the judgment seat of Christ with this confession and give an account of it. We will not speak or write anything contrary to this confession, either publicly or privately. By the strength of God's grace, we intend to abide by it.